Yeah, here. We're fine. Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Get in the Garage. I'm here with the illustrious... Illustrious. <laughs> illustrious Luke. Hey, everyone. What's going on, everyone? Uh, we are... Not in the garage now. We have upgraded. We're in the basement. Yeah. Third well, location, third show. Third location for the third show. But this time we uh, we got a good setup here. We actually It actually looks like something, like a little studio. It's pretty nice. Uh, today, we thought that we would cover... Uh, power trios. Power trios, yeah. Um, I would say that the power trio is... Something that I think brought Luke and I together. Yeah, we I as we were in well, we were in a power trio band at one point. We played one show. We played one show. It, it was, was a good show. Powerful. Very powerful. Power well, power trio, you know. So it's I feel powerful. like me and Mike enjoy power trios because it, it brings together some parts of music that me and Michael really enjoy that other people uh might not enjoy as much. Yeah, I think the, the the jamming ethos. I feel like that is the yeah. that's kind of the power trio deal. And the and the the way that a power trio jams that's unique into itself. Cuz the whole thing about it for me anyway is because it's the most it's it's the minimalistic approach. You got to fill the sound, bro. But yeah, you have to fill the sound, but I think that in filling that sound, it enables the musicians involved to interact in a way that's it's a bit more. You know, in other in other words, when you have like these, there's, big, a, there's these a lot big more bands, talking. There's a lot more talking going on yeah. when you're in a three piece because there's a lot more playing because yeah. you, you got to fill the sound. And I, and I think it's uh, that when like say if you're in like a, a band that's made up of say like five or six people, it's difficult for all five or six people. Not saying that it doesn't happen, but it's difficult to have kind of like that intimate sort of uh, uh, relationship or conversation that musicians yeah, uniquely have because it's like there's more people involved whereas when it's three people it's so much easier to just make sure to stay locked you know? yeah I, I think you could say it like this it's like uh, isn't it much easier to have a conversation with three people than it is with five people you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely and I, I feel like that's a great analogy that you like laid out because I mean as you know also me and Mike play Mike is a guitar player I'm a drummer yeah. Um, and the less people you take away, like when someone goes to play a guitar solo, you hear it instantly. That sound will drop right out and you'll be like, oh, what happened? Yeah. Like if you haven't experienced it, you know, it yeah, just yeah. really drops out. So um, I think a lot of the great things about that we're going to be talking about today is rhythm sections yeah. and sound loud and quiet, which is like, you know, it's a uh, it what makes it it's what makes a power trio power trio. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, <clears throat> so I was, I was. Um, we, we can't deny the fact, right, that the idea of a trio. This isn't like a. Um, this isn't a new concept. In other words, um, you go back. You know, obviously, you could probably go as far back as classical music, where you have like a violin, a viola, and a cello, and like a trio or something. But uh, maybe like famous trios probably started more so like in jazz with like Bill Evans, uh, Benny Goodman had a pretty dope trio. In 1935, uh, featuring Gene Krupa and Teddy Wilson. So that's a pretty sweet lineup. And then um, guys like Sonny Rollins, uh, Sun Ra, West Montgomery. You know, you had those guys, the earlier jazz guys. Do you think it was because it was easier to jam, uh, less people together? Or do yeah. you think it was cool maybe to like uh, 
because I know I've like listened to like Bill Evans, uh, and sometimes like the bass is just like heavily featured on every track, and they're just like letting the bass player go, and yeah. then other times it's like the piano. So it like it, I think it might make it easier to spotlight like a certain instrument. Yeah, sure. I think for them it was just a matter of like it's a win-win for or win-win-win <laughs> to give you a a good reference there. Um, you know, number one, it's a lot easier to arrange three musicians. Number two uh in kind of like what luke said where it's like you kind of have you know more feature like you know what i mean like you hear a lot of bass heavy whatever you know uh and then i think number three too i think that i mean you gotta look at things how they are man it's 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 a business it's not a friendsness so are, are you sa- are you saying less less people in the band the more money everyone gets paid i mean you know it's it's math i mean i like that idea <laughs> i like that idea it's math you know it's better to split 200 dollars three ways than it is to split it four or five ways you know what i mean yeah you know like, the table real. over here but um it's funny that you brought up jazz because like i wasn't really thinking to go there you when we've said power trios my brain went like you know cream and mountain yeah. and you know taste that that way you know the classic power trio that we're really are going to talk about here today but yeah. you made me think too i was like man when i first started listening to jazz the the way i could relate it and how i got into it mm-hmm. for me personally was i i was so into cream like jamming yeah and oh, the yeah, power yeah, yeah. trio and the jamming that cream would do led me right into jazz because i could listen to jazz and be like oh that kind of sounds like cream like yeah. Or cream kind of sounds like that. Like I could I could easily kind of like put it on top of that. And I was like, oh, that and that's how I got into jazz. Like, really, right, 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 right. Which is, you know, pretty cool. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of parallels, you know. And for me, dude, like if I'm going to go see a jazz trio and two of the members are Sun Ra and Coleman Hawkins, that sounds like a power trio to me. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. other words, like these are heavyweight like, everyone, musicians, you know, so kind of has to be an all star. Right, right, right. If I'm not, mis- I mean, I'm sure Mingus probably had a trio at one point. I would imagine. I, I didn't- or at least jammed in one. Yeah, right, right. Um, so then, so okay, so we have like the jazz trio. It's a concept, but it's not. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like it's 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 a thing. I think it's. I think. I mean, I think it's a thing. Yeah. Bill Bill, Elvi- Bill Evans, uh, Mose Allison played in a trio forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there is. I feel like it was mostly piano guys would would do trios. Right. Yeah. It'd be a. It, yeah. It's it's a piano, a bass, uh, and a drummer. R- Ramsey Lewis. Yeah. You know, another later. Um. But then we we kind of shift gears, right? So we come out of like this, you know, nineteen thirty five era Benny Goodman, Gene Krupa kind of stuff, right? And then we get the Hammond, we get the B three, and we sync that up with a Leslie speaker, and then we have before us organ trios. Right, which it, most famously, like Wes Montgomery would set up a band where it's a trio or featuring an organ. Same thing with uh, Kenny Burrell, who's another uh, jazz guitar player. He has an album with um, John Coltrane. That's so that, that's kind of cool because you're saying like uh, at that point it was more like guitar based. That's kind of where that kind of came in. Yeah, from what I saw, a lot of the organ trios were organ and guitar heavy. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then famously, is there, is there a bass of, player or a drummer in there? Like, what's the um, uh, I th- a drummer, a drummer? Because I think that with the organ, you can cover. Okay, because you also have pedals too, so you can cover like the bass line stuff. I like how pedals. Mike. You can't see it right now, but Mike is <laughs> Mike. Mike, Mike like set up his uh, his feet to like <laughs> click pedals that aren't there because he's not at the organ. Yeah, but it's just you know. So anyway, so out of this, then what do we have? Is um, kind of more famously, we have a band like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, which that's an organ trio. They're, okay, they're yeah, an yeah, organ yeah. trio. You know, so so if we think about it, then on one side we have kind of these organ trios that are not only playing most famously playing the Hammond the B3 through the Leslie but then you have like Moog synthesizers that kind of start moving in as well you get different textures anyway on the other side of the spectrum you have blues trios let's right? talk about them so most famously you had like Muddy Waters oh, he okay. had the Muddy oh, Waters yes. he had the Muddy Waters trio uh and then you also see that in like Johnny Winter Yep. I think the two albums, it's the Johnny Winter and album features a trio. Uh, and there's one more. I can't remember which one it is, though. Anyway, and then, so yeah, so it's, it's obviously you get the the blues trios. Um, Let's talk about the most famous one of all time. But he got, um, well, 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 who? I feel who like, okay, say? born out of the small, like, Chicago-y 
trios yeah. that you're talking about, cream, man, cream. Oh yeah, of course, right. Like that, so you that have breeds this kind that. Of, yeah, that breeds that idea. So like that's incubating blues guys, and then I feel like Clapton and Ginger Baker, and Jack Bruce. Yep. They just kill it. The that's the power trio. That's I feel like they are the forever after. They're the so you have jazz trios, you have organ trios, you have blues trios, and you have power trios. And I think that yeah, Cream is the first power trio. Absolutely. With using the word power in the way that it's meant to be, like power, volume, Vol- yeah, just just complete like gloves are off. Blowing the doors off of the place, kind of. Yeah, let's talk about, okay, so, so let's talk about the so advent of electricity, rock and roll, and cream. Mm. Because I feel like there was, I mean, listen, I wasn't around back then, but I feel like there was no band that was louder than cream. It's so loud. It just fills that sound. Like, if you yeah. listen to live and cream. There's only three of them. There's That's only three so of them. so crazy. Yeah, like. Clapton will just like ring out a chord and it's so loud. Yeah. You hear it like reverberating in like the yeah. auditorium and then coming back. I mean, I have listened to like a ton of live cream boots and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Because, and it's just, it amazes me how they just filled the sound constantly. Yeah, man. And on top of that, caliber musicians, they were the cream of the crop. Yep. <laughs> were the cream. <laughs> cream of the crop. <laughs> The rest in peace, Ginger Baker, you lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to send you to the hospital. He's going to send so me stop talking to like that. I know. I'm sorry. I meant no disrespect. So what's crazy is... Um, Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker. <laughs> That's what's crazy. Um, so, yeah. And, and to think about it, really, like Ginger, heavil, heavily influenced by jazz more than, say, blues. Right. I would say... Jack Bruce as well. Definitely a uh, Grand Bond organization before that. Right, right. And uh, then Mayo with uh, yeah. Bruce and uh, Clapton. But, uh, yeah, it's it's born out of that that jazzy blues – well, obviously yeah. blues bass, but that jazzy combo, you know, where it's, they were just like, okay, well, we're three really good players. We can hold yeah. it down. We don't need anybody else. And then, you know, they really set the stage for, uh, like, well, not only psychedelic music, but like jamming in rock and roll the way jazz musicians jammed, which is really cool. That was like, my, yeah. that's one of my favorite things. It's like you listen to Cream and nobody was jamming the way the Cream was jamming. Like they were jamming different than anybody else. They, right. Nobody had brought it there yet. Well, think look at it. Look at it in this way in uh, retrospect, right? Like when if I were to come up to you and say, hey, do you like like jammy music? Yeah. What's the first band you think of? Well, oh, me though, cream. Well, right, but what I'm saying oh, is the Grateful is, Dead. The that's Grateful what I'm Dead. Saying. Okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah, so yeah. the so, but that that's what I think made me fall in love with Cream so much was because like I associated so heavily the idea of like this open floor jam thing, kind of with more of the Grateful Deady, New Riders of the Purple Sage. Okay, yeah, maybe me, the, me too. Maybe, maybe the bluesiest well. I would get would say be Almond Brothers, but. That's still a different kind of jamming. It's it is a different kind of jamming, but if you look at Almond Brothers post Dwayne Allman, it does get it does get like more flower childy kind of like. Oh yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Dwayne was the big, you know. I mean, Dickie Betts, obviously, but yeah, they you're saying they got more like uh, you know Grateful Deady as opposed yeah. to but the beginning they were they were a bit more heavier. More yeah, it, it kind of went from the more of the minor blues stuff from the early era and then there was more of a transition into like maybe like major blues stuff which is kind of where i think grateful dead sits there's okay it's more complicated than that that jerry's doing some like pretty crazy weird modal kind of stuff in there but most of the it's mostly just happy sounding dance friendly uh nice toned guitar driven jam music as in (laughs) on the other side the cream jammed heavy. Cream, it's like they're shattering your teeth because it's just so like just crazy and loud and feedbacky. But they could bring their volume to like a whisper. You know what I mean? That's what's crazy. Their their ability, like their dynamic sort of range, yeah, and what, ability was like just a, so. Well, I crazy. feel like once they realized that, like, okay, you got to fill the sound. So at some point, I think they were playing too with. When you're in a trio, you go, okay, so, like, are we just going to be loud all the time? We've got to fill the sound. What does that mean? And then I think you can you realize uh, that you can go quiet, too. Like, there's a, the other yeah. option. That you go, oh, okay, so we did, we went loud all the way loud. Now let's go quiet, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like that's the other push play 
And then, I mean, let's fast forward. We're, I know we're talking the 60s, but the last probably the craziest, biggest power trio ever, Nirvana, Quiet Loud. Yeah. Quiet Loud, Quiet yeah, yeah, Loud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's that dynamic in that band. Yeah. And one thing also... This oh yeah enjoy we have some dog barks if you uh <laughs> you want to say hi to piper say hi to piper she's a she's a good girl um what and yeah so with cream what kind of a thing that i liked about the band was something that they probably didn't like about the band which was there was so much tension like let's not forget the human element of it right there's so much tension at one point jack bruce and ginger baker like hate each other they're like at each other's throats they're doing what they got to do to like fulfill contracts and stuff. And they're playing these shows. And it's like some of my favorite parts of the live sets that they have is the things get so crazy and so profound because they're all trying to outdo each other. Yeah. Like they're playing super, super hard. They're like all like, well, you're doing that. I'm going to do this, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Also what I feel like that also leads to the demise of cream because right. at some point you cannot play each other anymore you're not listening you're just yeah, playing the, yeah, you're right. just playing the, through each the other the egos just get way too big you know and that's really you see that i mean so many bands fall victim of that kind of a narrative um but so now what do we have okay we have cream so cream is cream is the rock that's dropped into the into the puddle right so what do you think i i would say the next big power trio is Hendrix. I feel like Hendrix comes on the scene like yeah. bam, like right after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cream's like r- cream was like, you know, the cream of the crop. Yeah. But uh I feel like Hendrix burst on the scene with his power trio and then that was kind of like Yeah, just to kind of solidify a whole new thing. So Hendrix does sound way different than Cream. Why do you think that is? Like what do you think they were doing with their sound as a power trio that made them so different? Um well, I think that the thing about like Hendrix is that you got to think like where okay, so where is Hendrix before the experience happens? I mean, he's touring with Little Richard. Right. You know what I mean? So tune into so, our last episode. Th- yes, rest in peace. Good golly, Miss Molly. Continue. Um so I think whereas maybe say Clapton was coming from a lot more of the um the purest place, which was the John Mayall and the Blues Breakers where they're playing like standards and stuff. Jimmy has the blues in him. And I think he had a deep reverence for the blues guys, B.B. King, Muddy Waters, and so on. But he also kind of experienced the <laughs> the little Richard. Did you uh, just use that word? No. <laughs> That's what I'm laughing at. He's like, he experienced, even... Jimmy Hendrix experience. I was like, ah, uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I didn't even, uh, no pun intended, really. But that's what I mean, though, is that, you know, Hendrix's introduction to the music scene was that of, like, uh, you know, with Little Richard, whereas Clapton's coming out of, you know, a different thing. And I think that... Uh, also, Hendrix is American. Hendrix is American. And I think, too, it, with Hendrix, he... I don't... Listen, I love Eric Clapton, but I think Jimi Hendrix is a much braver guitar player. And in in the in the way of being like, yeah, I think he, he was, took risks. He was like, you know, everybody. All right, yeah, he lit his guitar on fire, whatever. But the thing is, is like when you listen to him, he has bad shows, and that's almost what I like the most about him is the fact that sometimes you hear him and you're like, "Ooh, Jimmy was sloppy tonight." <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's but it's because he's he's just he's going for things, and I think like any true artist, like you take a, an artistic risk and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't for Hendrix. It was, uh, you know, I'd say it was more so like, it was like he had something to prove. You know what I mean? Hendrix, he, here's Clapton for, I mean, really, right. People are writing Clapton is God <laughs> on, you know, they're like defacing public property and writing Clapton is God. So here you are, you know, and I'm, <sighs> The, it the 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 Brits loved the blues, you know what I mean. And what's interesting is that I remember hearing a thing that when Muddy Waters first went to England, he went with like an electric band, and the crowd was actually upset because they wanted to hear an acoustic, oh, like folk blues, like folk blues, you know. So I think that also, like, let's be real, a bit of pressure on Jimi Hendrix. Because here's this culture that has this reverence for like this black American blues music, 
and here comes Jimi Hendrix, a black American man. And he just lights it on fire. And he just completely, yeah, he 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 kind of like throws the blues into a blender and, you know, and blends it to oblivion. Like he, he deconstructs it, which is interesting because, you know, in other words, J- Jimmy could have gone up, right, and just played like the standards and, and, you know, just kind of like did whatever. And I think people would have still had a good response to it. You know, if if he if he approached it in a way that was kind of like maybe a little bit harder versions of like the John Mayall thing, but no, he comes out and he th- plugs his guitar into you know a wall of Marshall stacks and he plugs in the fuzz and just completely. I mean, just rearranges the blues. You know. Yeah, I mean, I love Cream. Cream were you know the the first great power trio, but I mean, you get Hendrix right after, and compared to, I mean, you're talking like. Saw even like song construction, Hendrix is just coming out with like really cool cuts on his first record. You know where, yeah. I mean, Cream have some cool cuts on theirs. Uh, I feel freeze on there. You yeah. know, but you get the first sides like original on Creams and the second sides like uh, standards. Yeah, where you know you kind of get like Hendrix do it with, like Purple Haze. It's way different. It's got that crazy like that needly guitar sound. Yeah. Um, and then you know on here too, like the other thing that stands out is the the rhythm section. The rhythm section is so yeah. tight. It's really cool. You got Mitch Mitchell on drums. You got uh, Noel Redding on bass. And it's like, you know, it's thundering. It's thumping. Yeah. It's not Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker. It's not the same thing. But it's it's groovier. I think it's like kind of like bouncing on a groove more kind of deal. Oh, I w- yeah. I would completely agree. And this, I think the songs are and they're more overtly psychedelic, which is the other uh, aspect of like power trios was the psychedelia in the jamming which i feel like is uh, right you know and what's interesting is like if you look at it right i mean hendrix is really known for live performances same thing with cream right yeah i like, guess i i like the i like the studio cream albums i'm not saying i don't like them oh, but the okay, thing is, is that like, the originals are ve- are still very yeah like you want to hear that like real real thing like you're gonna listen to the live stuff like hendrix live is so good yeah which but, the, but even in the originals right like the like the cream original songs who, which were not even necessarily who uh what was it jack bruce and what's his name wrote most of the original cream songs what's that guy's name oh man okay hold on you know what i'm where, talking about the I, other guy that's why ginger baker got like screwed out of all the royalties because he was paid as a like a hired musician's wage not as a a listen uh ginger baker has some quality songwriting credits look them up they're pretty garbage yeah but 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 do you know what i'm trying to say though is that uh yeah uh, brown brown yeah bruce brown is the the combination we had to pull out the record too uh, yeah we got we have some records over here that we're uh thumbing through yeah but i just think i'm just saying that i think that the original cream music is still kind of like that tight goofy british stuff well also i feel like they didn't really know how to record yeah. Loud, loud music um yeah but i mean but that's where i think that hendrix's i think that the i don't know cream sounds like they're from they're like an english band but yeah. for some reason yeah it, it hendrix sounds american you can hear the americanness in his second you know it's just yeah. it's this it's 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 the uh, uh american punk versus uk punk you know yeah, it's it's the same genre of music but you can hear there's kind of like a cultural thing that and the guitars sound the, different yeah you yeah know. i i hear that i hear that um but what this would do though really these two kind of bands what they would do is they'd effectively just create a whole other long lengthy list of the of power trios which you had so many which power becomes trios. almost like its own genre in rock and roll yeah which is i i mean i love it because it's it's almost like what can you do with so little which right. is like one of my favorite things. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I think it's cool. It's like, oh, listen to what they're doing. It's, what? There's only three of them up there. Oh, that's amazing. That's the other reason why I feel like Hendrix blew people's mind. There's only three people up there. That's yeah. amazing. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I feel like that's like the first wave of like the rock and roll power trio. I feel like the second wave comes in, which is like Mountain and Taste, and I feel like that's kind of like the you know. Yeah. Yeah, you have taste. You uh, your Grand Funk Railroads, your oh, yeah, Blue okay. Cheers, your James Gang. Yeah, and that's like all around that same, you know, ramping up around the same time, and kind of, you know, into like the early seventies is you get those bands coming out. I yeah, feel. Uh, Rush. Rush. I mean, Rush is like kind of mid mid seventies. Mid seventies, but then you have like Robin Trower, another guitar yep. player who famously used the Univibe pedal, which was is that's the Hendrix sound is the Univibe. Yeah, but Robin Trower also famously uh use that if if you're in if you're yeah. into power trios also robin trower 
uh, you can go get his discography in any dollar bin <laughs> in any record store. Go to your local record store. You want to hear some great, cool rock and roll uh, music. Bridge of size. I think that, that's... Yeah, that's whatever, man. You just pick it out. They're a dollar. You just waste your money on them. If they're bad, you yeah. don't like them, you throw them away. It was a dollar. Yeah. Go listen yeah, to some yeah, Robin yeah. Trout, everybody. Go pick out that local dollar section. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, go, you could go to uh, Mystic Disc. Mystic, yeah. In Mystic, Connecticut, where we are near. Yeah, we're very close. That's our. That's like our home record store. Yeah, you can go to the Telegraph Shout in London, out. Connecticut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or go, we can go Willamette Records. Willamette Records. You can go anywhere. In Willamette, Connecticut. You can go any record store. Yeah, like, man. Anywhere. Or just go to a flea market. Yeah, go to a flea market. Go buy some records, everyone. Go buy some records. It, it, it's it's good for you. Now that um, I'm done with PSA on record stores, <laughs> let's yeah. let's talk about uh, me and Mike's favorite band. I feel like this is why we want to do this. <laughs> We're, let's talk about Mountain. Let's also talk about how Mountain isn't a power trio, but everybody calls him a power trio. Yeah, and it's okay. Look, you have Felix Papillardi, right? He's the bass player. He produces a couple of Cream albums, and he's like, I want to form my own band that's like this. He finds Leslie West. Uh, they get um, oh, Corky Lang. Uh, yeah, Corky, Corky Lang. Well, Corky Lang isn't the first drummer no. in Mountain, but I mean, he's the, he's, the drummer. He's Mountain. the drummer. He's, he's the guy who's banging on the cowbell in the beginning of Mississippi Queen. So that's that's right. He's the he's the guy. But yeah, no, let's talk about Felix Papillardi real fast because that's that's a that's an interesting yeah. like sub sub connection in and the power trio a, story. He a, yeah, he is the producer of the Cream Records. Um, and the cream. Let's talk about that first. I was I kind of like nobody to it that it was a bit difficult to record loud music. People had not done it. Yeah, and it's loud. So how do you like record loud music in that? You, it's like it's a whole new thought. And so Felix was on the cutting edge of these ideas, mm. and I feel like he really set the pace going forward. So he meets Leslie West. Leslie West comes in to do an uh, album called Mountain. This is his first album. Felix Papillardi is producing that. Yep. He's a bass player. He plays bass on the record. Um, if you're into heavy power trio music, that album is amazing. Leslie West Mountain, Seek yeah. It Out. Um, so anyway, Felix Papillardi ends up joining Leslie West, and they form the band Mountain. Now, Mountain isn't a power trio because they have a keyboard player, but let's also talk about how no one can really remember his name. Uh, and by no one can remember his name... Leslie West couldn't even remember his name. Yeah, me and, and he was me in and a Mike, band with this guy. Me and Mike were watching Leslie West interviews one day, and he's like, "Yeah, we got a keyboard player. Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, he can't even remember. Yeah. He doesn't care." Uh, shout out to Steve Knight. <laughs> shout out for Steve Knight. I was listening to Mountain. You can hear it. It's buried deep in there. Oh, it's so buried. But I mean, okay. So anyway, so whatever. Yeah. Power Trio Mountain. They're so loud. I feel like they're louder than Cream. Ugh. They're so heavy. Uh, yeah. Leslie West, the can't, he's my favorite guitar player, like hands down. He's yeah. just my favorite. His tone is so fat and heavy, and Felix's bass tone is unlike any bass tone I've ever heard. It is so chunky. Yeah, I'd say the only bass I've ever heard that sounded comparable to Felix's bass tone is maybe Noel Redding. There's a couple of live Hendrix uh, videos that I've seen where Noel Redding's tone is very similar in that it's just because... Or, or like... Ants whistle, maybe. Yeah, like an ants whistle. Yeah, ants whistle. I think was a lot. He was. Um, uh, no, because he. I mean, he had a bit of fuzz, but I think he was less fuzz and more volume. Like, yeah. like amp, like warm amp driven volume. Where yeah, where that's not to say that they weren't driving their amps, but it was when you put a fuzz on a fuzzy. When you put a fuzz on a bass, it usually takes the tone right out of it, or like the volume, like the energy yeah. of it. It kind of usually sucks it right yeah, out. Yeah, it can suck. Yeah, it can suck but your he sound out. Was just like. Fuzzy and loud, and yeah. I, I'm almost wondering if he was playing through like a natural distortion. Like maybe it was so loud it was just know. naturally distorted. But I know Leslie amp. West's was all natural distortion. Oh, I mean, let's okay, but let's talk about P the guitar too. Uh, Les Paul Jr. Les Paul Jr. P90 pickup. Yeah, Great. it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a tried and true setup. There's there's nothing quite like, like a P90. And for those of you who don't know, right, a P90 is a single coil pickup. It's the Gibson version of the single coil. The famous single coil that people mostly recognize are the single coils that are in, say, like a Fender Stratocaster. Gibson had their own version. It was called the P90. And it that's what that was the pickup that was in Leslie West's Les Paul Jr. And and it was just oh, Yeah, just it's burn. it's something it to like hear. a chainsaw, man. If it's you've so... never heard Leslie West play the guitar, I mean go go listen to it. It's it's so fun. Yeah, it, just it, 
he almost yeah. hits like every sweet note that I want to hear. Like it's it's fun. It's just it's his guitar tone is is the um in in my opinion, maybe not for everybody, but in my opinion, it's the it's it's the the nicest creamiest tone that you could want out of like a Les Paul kind of guitar setup. Yes. You know what I mean? I, my two favorite tones are Leslie West's tone and I love Clapton's tone, but uh is it Ronnie Ron Woods guitar tone on the Faces album? No. Isn't know. it Ronnie Wood? It's Ron Wait, Wood. Who, what? In the Faces. Yeah. Ron Wood plays in the Faces. Yeah. What I have uh, not as good as a uh, yeah. Wing to a Blind Horse. The first song on that album. Yeah. The guitar tone, Ron Wood's guitar okay, tone yeah. on that is Oh my god, man. It's just so good. It's killer. I, I'm 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 kind of veering me- off the tracks you, here. You a meandered little bit. I'm away sorry. from the power trio. I know. I'm you, sorry. That's why you confused me. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying, in terms of in terms of the the guitar tone, it's up there. It's up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a sought after tone. You know. He may be king. So yeah. mountains deal volume, and it's awesome. You know. Um, yeah. Also, if you're in the mountain, standout tracks, Mississippi Queen. Of course. Go, yeah. I mean, you probably heard it. Go seek it out. Um, Blood of the Sun. Blood of the Sun. Uh, Dreams of Milk and Honey. Oh, maybe yeah. my favorite. Just go. Yeah. it's uh, Just listen to the live section of the Flowers of Evil album. Yeah. That's like the only thing you really need to listen to. It's like that's 22 it. minutes long. There's yeah. like three songs in there. Dream sequence. Just listen to Dream sequence. There's an amazing guitar solo. It. It's like 20 minutes. Eddie Van Halen, Eat Your Heart Out. It's amazing. Yeah. He plays with more feeling with less notes. It's, yeah. It's great. Oh. So. so okay. So those. We got those power trios. Um. Let's also talk like uh, Blue Cheer. Blue Cheer is uh, 60s. Yeah. Uh, more on the metal side. So One might say proto-metal. Yeah. Where, I mean, I, I, all of these bands are kind of proto-metally. Yeah, of course. If In the same way that, like, say, Zeppelin is proto-metal, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Blue Cheer. Um, uh, what's what's the name of their first album? Is it E or... Oh, Incept uh, something. Emporium. <laughs> I can't remember. Look Invictus. Up- Invic- uh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, we need we it's need okay. someone to like read these things for us or pronounce yeah. them for us. But um, that first album, it's fuzzy, it's lo-fi, it's amazing, it's heavy metally, it's bluesy at the same time. Um, they do the cover of "Summertime Blues," which you might have heard. Um, but again, their their deal is is volume. That's where they're yeah. coming from. They're filling the sound. It's thrashy. Um, it almost sounds like a pre Stooges. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so again, if you're looking to get into power trios, blue cheer. Um, and they get like on on the more metally side. You'll see what I mean. It's almost like um motorheadish at times, but like it's yeah. not as fast. But it's got like every all the spirit of motorhead. Yeah, in it. absolutely. Um, so highly recommended. Check that out. That goes along with like the uh, the mountains, the creams, the Hendrix. You know, you'll yeah. you'll dig that. Um, yeah. So what was I'm tossing records over here? <laughs> uh, but so yeah, and then so say all the you know, and then. All this happens, and then you get the next wave, which is like your ZZ Top, right? Your James Gang. Oh, okay, oh James Gang, I James love James Gang. Gang. Come on, come on, so good. Again, though, uh, Joe Walsh rhythm section, and uh, Joe Walsh's guitar playing is very innovative. It's a uh, loud, a lot of full chords that are like strummed out, a lot of like down, down oh, yeah. kind of stuff that like fills and fills and yeah, fills. Yeah. Um, so like that's what I noticed about like James Gang music, where like Joe Walsh would kind of like hang a chord out. Yep. He, he might let it sit for like a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. Uh, but again, born out of the same, you know, that's it's it's cream influenced. It's like oh, absolutely. But also, uh, I feel like it's very it's much more. Um, I'm trying to say maybe like a American-y. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, a couple of honorable mentions that are not. Okay, they're, yeah, they're so let's... power. Tri- okay, so you have these bands that are technically power trios in the way that there are three instruments to fill in the sound, but they have a lead singer. So it's like four members. So but... let's talk about like the, the big ones here who are really also influencing the creamy, you know, off of that push out, which is The Who. Yep. And I feel like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I feel like those are the two honorable mentions because, I mean, you're it's powerful it's mm-hmm. loud and i mean let's be honest robert plant's not playing any instruments he's just singing and same with, right. with daltrey and even when the who are playing like heaven and hell that's a three-piece 
Right. You know, so I mean. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is there are so many deep cuts from both bands where it's just jamming happening. And in that, in, in that situation, it's a trio. Yeah. You know, so it still has the, the soul of a trio. They so just have. Let's talk about what singer. made those bands like, you know, the, it's, I mean, the instruments, what made them be able to be like power trios like that? Cause you think Zeppelin and I, I don't even think that there's like th- only three instruments happening. It's so powerful and busy yeah. and awesome. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I same mean, with The Who. Like, you're listening to The Who live, and I'm like, man, I can't. You Even you think about it, you're like, oh, my God, there's only three things doing yeah. happening right now. And I, I think the the big thing about it, the, the necessary ingredient is a killer rhythm section yeah that's what you need and you need a drummer and a bass player who are on the same page at all times keeping everything tight so that way you get your so in other words you need ends whistle and keith moon keep holding it down so that way well let's talk about that too because i feel like zeppelin's rhythm section is is the rock and roll rhythm section it's like the, it's the, it's tight, the standard yeah, right it's the standard yeah. where like you and then you have the who where you're like wait what <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, oh, Keith Moon's not playing a beat. He's not playing a beat. Yeah. He's playing not in not in any way the not, same as like John Bonham does. No, John Bonham is holding like he's like the, one of the grooviest drummers of all time. Yeah, like there's grooves just, just like holding it. Yeah, there's like multiple grooves like built into his drumming right. where like that's what's filling the sound along with you know the bass that's so locked into what they're he's doing. Where you have the who, and the sound is getting filled by Keith Moon playing as if he's playing a, you know, an orchestra. Like that's yeah. what, that's what Keith Moon's doing. Keith Moon is a full orchestra on, um, on one drum set. It is amazing. Nobody ever played like that. I don't think ever again, which is what makes that kind of three piece in the who so exciting for me yeah. to listen to live, uh, like live at Leeds. I mean, come on, you're, you're listening to them play and it's, it's just pure, I, you, you'll be amazed yeah. over and over. There's something to listen to every time. You have Entwistle basically playing the the rhythm guitar line, you know, mm-hmm. thumping away all the rhythm. Keith Moon's playing the the orchestra, and then you have Townsend laying kind of like you know some some butter on top. It's yeah. just it's so fascinating to listen to. Where then you have Zeppelin jamming, and Zeppelin is groovy. Yeah, locked you know, in, locked in, and then you <clears throat> then you have a page who's just able to kind of noodle sauce all over the place you know <laughs> yeah which is a whole nother story but you know yeah 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 no but i hear you what's interesting is that like when when i listen to maybe i can try to draw this line you have keith moon who's who's always just kind of doing this like sort of unhinged kind of craziness all the time and then you have john bonham uh, who is the groove guy, you know, holding it down and all that. I mean, if you take those two and you put them in a blender, you kind of have Ginger Baker. It's almost kind of like Keith Moon took the wild man thing from Ginger Baker no, and I did like that, that his I thing. That. And then John Bonham took the, the ve- you know, the, uh, the, the very kick pedal heavy kind of thing and kind of reduced that into his own. But then Bonham obviously influenced by the heavy funk guy you know like the meters was his favorite band right you know so you have you have that kind of a thing but so um, what, but yeah did you have any other like power trios from the class i feel like okay well this is the classic era of the power trio is there any other bands that like stand out that you personally you want to give a shout out to you feel like we're uh um i mean maybe maybe around that time but kind of towards the tail end of it uh you know we we have zz top forms oh i see i have one like before zz top who's that taste roy gallagher Oh yeah, we didn't really touch on taste. Yeah, we mentioned taste earlier, but yeah, I mean, well, uh, okay, as as us being Americans too, like we're not as tuned on to uh, the guitar playing of Rory Gallagher. Yeah, I feel like now that the internet has really opened up Rory Gallagher. I mean, because that's how we discovered Rory Gallagher. Yeah, was like uh, I, the documentary. That documentary. Yeah, you yeah. made me watch it, and I was like, oh man, because me and Mike were into power trios, you know. Yeah. But uh, Rory Gallagher is a Irish Irish guitar player. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, plays a strat. Um. And his power trio, oh man, Rory Gallagher is one of the craziest guitar players I've yeah, ever heard. Yeah, don't in sleep, my don't life. sleep on Rory, because Rory will he'll he'll sit he'll break out like a resonator style guitar and play like a Delta Blue song, and then 
I saw a video where it's like in the same concert he did something like that and then you know he picked up his strat whatever and went on stage and they started playing and stuff and then it turned into this weird like jazzy avant-garde stuff and then he starts playing a saxophone oh yes okay okay <laughs> and you're like, no Wait, this what? is what I wanted to make this connection too man because like I was listening to taste earlier because yeah. I was getting ready I was listening to my favorite power trios and I was like oh yeah taste man and uh you was talking jazz earlier too man and again I'm going to make the connection back taste would jam like a jazz trio. Roy yeah. Gallagher, the guitar player, would play the saxophone in a three-piece jazz. It would turn into like a jazz ensemble and then yeah. go back into like a riffy, hard rock power yeah. trio. And that's the direct connection from jazz into the modern rock power trio. Yeah. Which I think in the jamming, they were all these musicians were making the same connections. They were going, oh yeah, jazz, jamming, heavy music. And that's how they did it. You know, they put, they were trying to, uh, innovate their music the same way jazz musicians were at one point trying to innovate their own music and maybe you know because let's talk about jazz back in the uh you know 1930s 40s you have big band swing and then you get smaller combos and then you keep getting smaller combos until you get down to that little three piece that we're talking about right now and i feel like that was the essence that all these guys were gathering at the same time and then after that you know, you have the three-piece combos like ZZ Top coming in, which yeah. is a more, I would say, pop may bring more of like a... Obviously, at first, ZZ Top is a blues band, but they, I think they were one of those bands that kind of like uh, showed that you could be maybe more pop-leaning, maybe make write like a more pop-leaning song in the yeah. three-piece combo. Yeah, 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 uh, absolutely. And, and taking... And, and, and uh, with ZZ Top kind of taking the... Because... Uh, you know, we talk about blues, and really this is where this is all, of, you know, it's born out of. But here you have, say, uh, Cream that has Eric Clapton that's influenced heavily by, like, Delta Blues and, say, the Chicago, like, the Chess Blues guys or whatever. But then you have ZZ Top, who is way more influenced by, say, the Texas Blues guys. Yeah. Like your, Lightning, Hopkins. Uh, Lightning Hopkins. I think Albert Collins was a Texas Blues guy. Uh, there was a couple of them. I'm not really well versed in the Texas Blues scene. Um but but then, okay, so you have like a ZZ Top and we're jumping ahead here a little bit. We're going to backtrack after I say this, but, you know, you have ZZ Top who influences maybe, uh, or not maybe, but definitely uh, another power trio, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, uh, which again, is a power trio. This and, is going to be very left field, but another power trio that was influenced by ZZ Top, Meat Puppets, uh, like very influenced by ZZ oh, yeah? Top. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about Meat Puppets. Luke's been on the Meat Puppet train the past week. He oh, made a bunch man. of cassettes and stuff. Yeah, it de- <laughs> I definitely went down the rabbit hole. Luke calls my wife and is like, hey, do you have a printer? And I was like, no. It's like, okay. And I didn't know why Luke needed a printer. And I talked to my brother like two days later. Uh, and he's like, hey, uh, yeah, Luke hit me up the other day. He was looking for a printer. He said he's making cassettes. And he wanted to like print out like a... <laughs> you know, guys, sometimes when you got some cassettes... <laughs> You want to make some nice looking bootleg cassettes, so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, and they look so real <laughs> that Mike thought I bought a bunch <laughs> of cassettes thought, on eBay. I was like, "Oh, I guess Luke went all out, huh? He's, it's a it's a meat puppets week. <laughs> he bought a bunch of meat puppets cassettes, and he was like, "No, nah, man, I made those." I'm like, "Oh, no way!" But yeah, another again, that's like that straight out the influence of each other though, where they were like, "Okay, it's easy top," and that, and I think only really because they're from the same area, you know, the you know that yeah. part of the country where they were like, "Okay, well." we kind of grew up on there they're kind of from the same area we don't really play the same music as they do but yeah. like they took that that vibe of the power trio i feel like they all every power trio kind of has that same almost vibe it's hard to explain what's going on but they all seem like best friends and then yeah. let's talk about the best best friends of best friends power trio of all time rush they're oh, the, the yeah. best of friends like yeah. you watch those guys play and like they're having Com- the deepest conversations on stage without even talking it's amazing you can see it in their faces yeah you know and that power trio is probably the one that took the idea of you know you get the idea of cream and i feel like they brought it to the entire i don't think anybody will ever bring the power trio to the level that they brought it to well because i think with what well, i think with rush what makes them um unique is it's like Okay, so most of these power trios that you have are all really blues based. Mm-hmm. The first Rush album comes out. Okay, that's that's still very much like hard rock. This is before Neil comes. Is that in. Led Zeppelin Five? 
Let, yeah, might as well have been Led Zeppelin Five. Yeah. I, mean, I love it. I love it. The first Rush album is killer. Oh, like, it's so good. Don't and, sleep on it. Yeah, and if you're into Zeppelin, look it up. It's a it's a killer. Yeah, it's awesome. So I mean, it sounds so Zeppelin that uh, you know you hear the stories about how like when the I feel first like it's album the, came I out. I feel like it's the only the voice. The voice. His voice sounds Zeppelin-y. I feel like the music's not as Zeppelin-y. Yeah, it's got a different. It's got a little bit of a different vibe to it. It sounds Clevelandy. Cleve. Oh, it does sound Clevelandy. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Like or that. Detroitish, maybe. Yeah. That's how yeah. I would say it. Um, so, but what's interesting about Rush is that, okay, yeah, Humble Beginnings in the way that their first album was was pretty rock and roll. But, I mean, you get Fly By Night, and then after that, it just changes. And it's this, it's, it's, it's like, it's like a, they mold into one of the, mo- like, one of the most popular progressive rock bands. Okay, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a leap here. You know. Okay, so we have we were talking jazz combos, right? And then you see that the, like the jazz combos kind of grow into these like uh, they're pushing it right, and then jazz kind of grows into fusion. Would you say yeah. that like in the rock and roll power trio, you have the jamming, and yeah. then you have like you know then they kind of tighten back up, and then Rush kind of just blows the door open and goes, yeah. it doesn't have to be any of that. It, like right. it can be fusiony, it can be like there's only three of us. It can be you know counter melody they start like really messing with the formula of the yeah. power trio and i feel like they blew the door open for everybody even like the police were you know to start yeah. like reggae that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Th- in a who do you think was doing that first it was rush rush was like blowing the door open on all those ideas yeah and i mean talk about a full sound even as a power trio yeah. i mean so and let's talk where do you think that sound's coming from how are, how was rush feeling the sound different in their in the context of their band yeah, well, I, Getty Lee kind of assumed a similar role to say a John Paul Jones, where it's like you know John Paul Jones. Okay, he would he had his bass, but then he would also hop on like an organ or a um, uh, like a mellotron or yeah, something so like that. Fill in the sound where needed, right? So, but that's where you see Getty Lee does a similar thing, where he has kind of like a little keyboard set up, and he does he does that kind of thing, much to the chagrin of Alex Lyson, because he he hated the keyboards but that's 80s rush and you know we don't really go there we're, yeah, we're not uh, going there we're yeah. talking we're talking classic power yeah, trio the good hard stuff. rock and rush like uh i feel like moving pictures is really uh, like to be like man that's a power trio it's so cool you like i mean even yeah. if you listen to it live it like it's amazing to hear yeah it's three guys really just playing their butts off like yeah. and they have to play their butts off because you got to be filling filling up all the sound and neil part is playing like drum beats that like you know, it, it, most players are not able to fill the gap. Would would they wouldn't be able to? It's no. just like they're they're putting in all this, uh, you know, fun like uh, extra like spice on top that like most bands wouldn't be able to do because there's so yeah. little going on, and th- it's just a testament to how talented they are. So I feel like that that era of the power trio really comes into the '80s where you're getting like. Mike said maybe more keyboardy stuff coming in. Uh, you have the police, which I'm not like a huge fan of. I'm gonna be straight, guys. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, you know, like I can't do it. Although I will and say, I, you know what it is for me? I really think this is what it is. I think it's it has everything to do with Sting, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, that's it, guys. I don't know what it is. I He's feel like been I stung. I don't know who the guitar player is in the police. Wait, isn't Sting the wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> the B. <bee? laughs> No, for real. Yeah. For real though, I think it uh I'm down with Stuart Copeland. Like I'll listen to him talk about something. I don't know. Yeah. But like uh it's just but anyway, like let's the police bring like a, a also a different flavor into the power trio. But yeah. then okay, so you get bands like uh we were talking like the meat puppets. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about how the meat puppets played with Nirvana on their unplugged album and let's talk about I feel like Nirvana for me are the last great power in the in like a power trio. Nirvana for me is the last great power trio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they play, like, Nirvana's first album, to me, plays, like, an awesome power trio record. Yeah, but, Luke, Green Day's also a power trio. <laughs> Mike, I don't want to be an American <laughs> idiot. Come on, man. Okay, listen, guys. Listen, do I like Green Day? Yes, I like Green Day. I do. I do. But <sighs> Green Day are, like, it, it's just not my bag as much. I'm going to be straight. It's just not my bag as much. Uh, younger Luke, though, you want to talk to, like, middle yeah. school Luke? He, he has the time to listen, listen to when i come around man like i'll listen yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, no, like I don't, I don't hate. I Oc- mean, listen to Dookie. Dookie's a great album. You know, no, it's a time I and place would. thing. It it's a time, time and place thing for me. It's it, like I listen to it if I want to feel nostalgic. But other than that, I'm just like, you know. Hey, in other words, if it's on the radio, I'm probably not going to listen to it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's that's you how know, it is. Because I still listen to the radio. But so let's talk about the difference though between maybe like okay, so Nirvana and Green Day like uh, kind of existed in the same space. You know, same with like bands like Blink One Eighty Two. That's you know. A trio. Um, th- I feel like the punk trio is a, a different ethos. But let's talk about. Yeah. B- well, let's. Let, I feel like the thought of the power. So Nirvana is powerful. Yeah. So let's yeah, talk yeah. about that. And not saying that like punk trios aren't powerful. I'm talking like it's a, it's a, it's a. It, they can play slower or faster or it's heavier. It's yeah. it's more about like uh, filling the sound. Where like if you're playing punk music, you're not really worried about filling the sound because you're just worried about getting to the end of the song as fast as you can. That's the ethos. I'm down with that. Yeah. Like that's a whole nother that's a whole nother deal for me. But um, so like Nirvana though, for me, man, that rhythm section of you know uh. Dave Grohl, uh, Kirk Novoselic. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know Dave Grohl, obviously, but <laughs> I don't know the bass player. I'm freaking, I'm uh, blanking over here. But yeah, um, okay. anyway, that rhythm section for me is, it sounds Zeppelin-y to me. I mean, and let's like, they have the song, uh, was the Arrow Zeppelin? Isn't that like one of the, uh, like a B-side or isn't that the first Nirvana record? It, that the, the first Nirvana record to me is like, it sounds like a, uh, oh, like blue, blue cheer, blue cheer. Yeah, like that. That first record sounds like that to me, and it's like that's and the bass playing in Nirvana is so I can hum you like every bass line, you know, um, like boom, doom, 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 you know, it's they're so memorable. Yeah, and th- I feel like for me that's where that comes in where you got Kurt who can just kind of like write great songs over that rhythm section. Yeah, you know, and that's where that's at for me. Like yeah, and they kind of created, you know, like Cream. Say before them, they kind of created. Would a, you say yeah? They they. I feel like they were jamming heavy. They were like on yeah. that ethos. They were like yeah. uh, riding that like uh, that wave of being like, hey man, Cream was cool. Like let's jam a little bit. Well, let's that, play a guitar solo. And let's that's make it the noisy. shift. Yeah, that's the shift you kind of see because I mean, you think about like the eighties and things got digital. Things got you know the you have the gated reverbs and this and that and the other thing. And I think that Nirvana and really kind of the wave of the grunge era, or whatever. Um, they went back, you know. They were they their their whole motto was kind of that um, I'm gonna put I'm gonna take this say BC Rich, <laughs> you know, super strat, and I'm just gonna pick up an old school Les Paul custom and plug it into a plexi. Yeah, like uh, like Soundgarden, uh, Mud Honey, like that. They were like into jam and heavy again. Yeah, but Nirvana just happened to be a power trio, right? In the right. context, yeah, you know, where other bands were jam and heavy back in the sixties, and you know, yeah. they had another guitar player, but Nirvana were a power trio. So it makes it interesting when you got to fill that sound in a modern take. Yeah. And they were like, you know, their songs are like punk influenced heavily, but like you think of it, it also kind of sounds like, uh, like it's you can hear all the influences. I mean, it's like Black Flag, My War, the first Nirvana record, and yeah. it, it jams like that, but it's also groovy. It has like a the the bass lines are more melodic, it, mm-hmm. but it, it still has like a punk influence. And I feel like out of that. All those like you know your Blink One Eight Twos, your Green Days are are able to kind of write songs in in their context of their power trios yeah. and bring that to uh to other people. And I think I think Nirvana has a nice arc too. You know what I mean? Like you you hear Bleach and then it's Nevermind, right? Yeah. And then it's in Utero. And I think I don't know. I think that you can. Um... There's differences in the albums yeah. of like how they sound in the context of being a power trio, right? On all three of those records, which right, is really right. interesting. Yeah, and they're all different, but they're all the same. It's that thing where it's like it's it's you know it's Nirvana, even though it sounds. It's yeah. like how Pink Floyd can do, or like Queen can do, like a disco song, but it's still Queen. Yeah, so you know what I mean. I kind of wanted to talk to you about like okay, so we're talking like punk, punk power trios, Nirvana's yeah. punky. Um, let's like talk about the immediacy of music which is like i i a thing i kind of bring up it's one of my favorite things about music yeah is like the immediacy of it and i feel like the power trio is a lot for like maybe people that don't know a lot of people because like you if i you listen to the story of how nirvana formed like 
Chris Novoselic and Kurt, those like they were best friends, and yeah. then they just had to find. They were finding somebody else. Can somebody, you know, they they filtered out drummers in the beginning. Like, yeah. um, there, you know, the history is really, it's written about if you want to go look at it. But it was really the who can we find to 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 do this? And I feel like a lot of power trios, uh, in the modern you know '80s and up were kind of like people maybe making more of a unique music where they couldn't find another person who was even interested to play the music. Yeah. Um. So, like, I want to talk about, you know, like, uh, the Minutemen, uh, you know, three-piece band. Also, it they were best friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's that it's that we're three best friends. You know, if you add somebody else, you, it's gonna ruin the spice. It's too much, you know. Mm. And it creates this this music. Like the Minutemen don't sound like anybody else. Yeah. You know, they sound like the Minutemen. The ba- and again, it's the bass playing of Mike Watt. It's all that great stuff that like leads into that, but um. I feel like a lot of the the power trio ethos as well is at least it's kind of like three weirdos like you that's like a, <laughs> yeah. that's no way I for real I feel I feel like that's a lot of like a, a, a lot of power trios is like who else could we find you know like yeah. who else would even want to play this kind of music even like like sublime like that that's a weird power trio too it's not really a power trio but in the sense of like that but I mean, yeah. you got it's three guys playing a very unique style of music for their time. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's three people. Again, the rhythm section is key to that band as well, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's the other kind of thing I, I like about it too. And Motorhead, man, three oh. we, three weirdos. Yeah. Like Cr- three well, three psychos. <laughs> Let's be real. Here. Okay. Yeah, but like that's that it's isn't that that kind of like the thing about yeah. it too? Like where it's almost like the music. A, a lot of them is like the music was so unique. It's like who else would they have get? They got yeah, and it, they they end up like having like a lot of those like three piece bands end up having like really powerful relationships and friendships in there. Yeah. You know, like we were talking Rush. Like how powerful is that friendship? I mean, like you watch. I I don't know the name of that Rush documentary that came out a couple years ago, but their friendship is oh, yeah. just so evident, and it's like. That is the whole element, I feel like, to the less people. It, it really helps get a, a unique sound yeah. of those three people because it, it's like, well, you only play with these three people. You're taking away a lot of the options, and because of that, a, uh, uniqueness kind of grows out of the cracks. Yeah. Oh, I would agree completely. Yeah. And like we said kind of towards the beginning of the podcast, uh, just in that um, there's this undeniable quality of playing music with someone that – you do form a bond. It's a very intimate thing, in other words. You're creating kind of this artistic expression together. And like you said earlier, it's 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 easier to talk to three people than it is to talk to five. You know, It's easier for three people to form a really strong bond than it is to get five people to form. I'm not saying that you can't, but I'm just saying that like, yeah, I... I um, I hear I hear what you mean in that way. Yeah, and they usually have some like really strong personalities too. It's It's like... I, I, I'm very attracted to the idea of the power trio or the yeah. trio of a band. I feel like I don't know what it is. I, yeah. I just think that it, it looks cool for me. It's 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 something of that energy that gives off yeah. like all the bands have that like that are power trios kind of have that thing. And it, I can't describe it. like mo- it's Motorhead. It's Nirvana. It's yeah. Even like for me, the police aren't my cup of tea, guys. But like the police, it, they have a like a very special thing. It's like, yeah. <sighs> You can't mess with them. And uh, to go back to, say, honorable mentions, right? Um, You look at the doors. Oh, yeah. And what a great, like, a weird... uh, Yeah, filling uh, filling the sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah, honorable mentions. Yeah, Uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah, Sabbath. Another honorable mention. Yeah, there's a lot of bands like that. Also, guys, um, I'd be super interested, too... um, if there's like power trios that you guys love or like three pieces that are like you you think are, are unique, um, I you know, I'd like you to drop them in the email. Mike, what is our email? Um, our email is get in the garage podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So if you guys drop can us send us even on our Facebook or an Instagram, you can feel free to private message us on any yeah, we're really platform. easy to get a hold of, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so it's not like there's much to do. Yeah, you guys want to, <laughs> you know, talk. And on the next show, if you guys send us something in where you guys want to say, like, hey, uh, I want to talk, you know, talk about this band. You guys didn't say 
you know, about that power trio, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll chat it up. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And our, I mean, we try to keep our format pretty free form anyway. You yeah, know, we so. kind of have a topic that we cover, but we're always willing to talk about just any kind of music in general. If something, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So real quick also, um, what, uh, what have you been listening to lately, Luke? Uh, the meat puppets. <laughs> it's just been all meat puppets. It's been pretty meat puppets centric. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my significant other, Chelsea Ross, is uh probably pretty sick of hearing the Meat Puppets at this point. But uh, you know, guys, a great power trio. Check them out. Yeah. Uh, you know, highly recommend uh, Meat Puppets too. And uh, what's the second? Uh, the third album, uh, Up on the Sun. It's uh, I think that's the name of it. But uh, yeah, check them out. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, to check them out. I really haven't given. If them you a like fair. Nirvana, you'll love Meat Puppets too. Uh, yeah. Everybody, check it out. Uh, obviously, Kurt was trying to tell us that with uh, Nirvana Unplugged, because they do three Meat Puppets songs. You already know three of them. Pick up Meat Puppets too. Everybody listen to that record. That's what yeah. I've been listening to. I went nuts nice. the other day. Made a bunch of that. Been listening to the Minutemen. Yeah. Quite a bit. Uh, what have you been listening to? Um, I've been doing a lot that of... That was a frustrated sigh. You sound musically frustrated. You you hitting some roadblocks over here, man? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I did some randomness the other day. I, I blasted some Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Bulls on parade over Dude, here. Dude, but that's kind of, I mean... With the okay, that's a four-piece band, but the instruments—it's three. It's okay. a, a guitar player, yeah, bass player, right and, about a, that. and a drummer. You know, and Tom Morello, another. Well, you go, did you crazy read, guitar player? Let me guess. Did you read that Tony Hawk was coming back out again? So you put on the Rage Against the Machine. Oh, you took your shirt off. Did you go mow the no. lawn like a champion? <laughs> no, no, that's not why I listen to Rage Against the Machine. But uh, it I, when I found out that the Tony Hawk thing was happening, I was like, oh yeah, I was so excited. I was so I was way more excited than I should have been. I never play video games. Maybe that, maybe we'll do that as like a topic because like I, mean, I don't play video games either. But like uh, music we heard in video games as kids, I mean, like really said it's going. Tony Hawk's the reason why I know who CKY is. Tony Hawk's the reason why uh, Power Man Five Thousand. Oh, you man. know, like bands like that, like random. This is what it's like. When we're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Come uh, on, I mean, man. It's like yeah, uh, that that would be an interesting topic to maybe cover because yeah. like uh, video games for our generation showed like especially Tony Hawk like opened us up to so much cool music yeah. that we just weren't exposed to. That's like the 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 first time I ever heard The Offspring was probably because of that game Crazy Taxi. <laughs> do you remember that game? I mean, yeah, definitely. Like do. the arcade was like yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You know, like yeah, man. You know. um so yeah, um, so Rage Against the Machine. What else you've been listening? Rage Against to? the Machine. I've been doing. I've. Uh, we're living in dark times, so I'm kind of like trying to keep the mood light. So I've been doing um, quite a bit of uh, Desmond Decker, uh, reggae, like early reggae kind oh, of stuff. Okay, cool. Earlier reggae. Um, hold on a second. Let me. Do you have any like? Okay, so I don't know anything about this guy. Any like recommendations? What albums should we be listening to? It's uh, early reggae. You're saying like uh, is this um, like. Like, uh, you know, late 60s, mid 60s? What, what, what are we talking here? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to, like, remember. I, I did, I, I, I looked into it um, a couple of weeks back. A couple of weeks back. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like late 60s. Right on. Late 60s-ish. Do you have, like, maybe. an album you could uh, recommend? You for, can listen. For if getting you, started? You, uh, this is Desmond Decker. That was released 1969. That's really good because that kind of has ev- pretty much everything. It's got uh, Shantytown, also known as 007. Um, Rudy Got Soul. That's a great, great, great song. Uh, it's a shame. Rude Boy Train's great. Uh, uh, Pretty Africa. Hey, Mike, uh, you ever listen to a band called The Clash? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Do you like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you I'm see, because nah, you I were can't. talking music we listen to. I listened to a, a Clash bootleg the other day, live at Bonds. Uh, you know, I, when I was uh, gardening literally yesterday, and uh, you're naming all these songs. And, you know, Clash heavily influenced by that movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, not not your deal. No, I just I don't. I I feel like you need to maybe sit know, down, man. watch a nice Clash documentary, get some get some background information, get some feel out of it, yeah. man. See who they are as people. Maybe. Oh, another, if you want a curveball of what I've been listening to. Like, throw me a curveball. Uh, some Marty Robbins. 
Oh, okay. Uh, the uh, the gunfighter ballads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, El Paso. I th- I'm pretty sure uh, my buddy George is into that record. George Bruderman. Big Iron. Uh, Feel Feelings podcast, if you want to go check out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great podcast. I listened to it. Yeah, George Bruderman, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, inevitably, because, you know, summer's on our doorstep. Yeah. Naturally, I have to listen to some Grateful Dead. Are you listen to some Grateful Dead. Yeah. My summer album, everybody, is the, is the Meat Puppets. Yeah? Yeah. That's your summer album? It, I feel like it's my summer album. Is uh, Of uh, this year, or just like that's every summer you tend to throw no, that on? Oh, no, no. I mean, I've just been getting into the Meat Puppets. But, yeah, they're... Uh, their third album, which I think is called Up on the Sun. I hope I know it's like that at least. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I feel like it's going to be a, a whole summer of me listening to that record. It is very, very summery and fun. Yeah, yeah. it is called Up on the Sun. I was yeah. But, yeah, uh, I, uh, I've just been trying to keep it light. Keep it light. I feel like that's a light, light. that's a light, airy album, man. Yeah. The song's about swimming. You know, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's like it's not heavy, man. Yeah. It's not heavy. I did. I did do some bad brains. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fun. Recently, yeah. Which is another weird band because it's just like one track's crazy, heavy, fuzzed out punk rock, and then another track, they're playing reggae. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> a, I feel like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Are they a power trio? No. 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 There's, there's, two, there's, two, there's two guitars there's there. There's two guitar players. Oh, wait. No, is there? I don't know. I, no, never looked, I never looked it up. I'm pre- No, I'm pretty sure it's guitar, bass, drums, vocal. Is it? I think there might be two guitars augmented at some point uh, in and out. but uh, Yeah. Um. Yeah. But well, all right, guys. Uh, you know, you know, send us an email what you've been listening to. You know, yeah. Shout tell outs, us what you've been listening to. Power trios. What do you like? When you want to talk about? Yeah. Any topics of conversation? Any like we're on any, Instagram. Any, we are on Facebook. Uh, yes. You can email us, uh, and we're on all platform services right now. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, hit that subscribe button, people. Yeah. Hit that subscribe button. And uh, <laughs> Instagram too. Uh. I'm a Julius Records. You can see what I'm listening to all the time. That's all I post is uh, what I'm listening to. I listen to vinyl records mostly. Yep. And uh, yeah, post you know my thoughts, my feelings. Uh, Mike has an Instagram too. Yeah, it's uh, E underscore M underscore T underscore one. But if you want to find it, uh, you can go right in the Get in the Garage uh, link in our Instagram. And you can yep. find us both right in there. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's another fun way to keep up with us and see what we're doing, what we're listening to, and, uh, you know, our lives of music, man, because this is what we're doing all the time. I'm listening yep. to records all the time. I'm learning about new music. If you got something you think I'd be interested in, you know, yeah, shoot it uh, on any over. Any recommendations, yeah, even for us to listen to if you like a band and, you know, we yeah. haven't talked about them. So. But anyway, well, here's to episode three. This is finally in our home studio setup. This is the basement. This is the basement. Get in the garage. In the basement. In the basement. (laughs) We'll see you next time, guys. Get in the garage. Bye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.